0: Hi, I'm Keith McCullough, and welcome back to Real Conversations, where I just had an excellent conversation with one of the world's best analysts on gold. He's incidentally also the founder of Gold Money, uh, one of the founders, that is. But he reminded me of why I am a long-term gold bull, while I might be bearish in the short term or bullish in the short term. Long-time gold bull. This is going to teach you a lot. Well, welcome, Josh. Thanks for coming to Hedgeye. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Keith.
0: I've been waiting for a long time to get to get you here. For those of you that don't know who Josh Crum is, he's the founder of Gold Money. I actually, I think, not only are you the founder of a company, but you're probably the best gold analyst there is because you do it your way. I want to give you a chance to just kind of give people the path. Like, why? How the heck did you get from Colorado to being uh, well goldman analyst and now where you are now?
1: Yeah. No, I I think, and that's probably the right way because I've, I've never considered myself a gold guy. You know, I, I, I like the math of gold. I, I never actually liked gold, you know, the way, like, Donald Trump likes gold. Right? Like, I, I just like the math. Um, and so, for me, it took a long time. It was the most curious thing. Um, and so, maybe, maybe I'll kind of walk through, because it, it's always good to know my bias and my background before yep. we discuss, you know, uh, views and everything else. But... Um, you know, so, so for me, uh, I started out as, a, as an engineer, um, you know, background in, in, and then grad school mineral economics and political risk and all sorts of interesting things because, you know, in resources, you have to know all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to know finance. You have to know geologic risk. You have to know political risk. So, so for me, I kind of wanted to, uh, I'm a systems guy, so I kind of wanted to know how it all worked. Um, but the, the way I actually came to gold, um, even as a Colorado School of Mines engineer, economics Department, geology department, they teach you that gold is worthless you know they, gold, yeah. gold is this you know focus on something useful for society zinc or copper or coal or something right so so even there they don't understand gold which, so the I mean, maybe now but but certainly when I was in school in yeah. you know the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, and, and this is when all commodities were like in their nuclear yeah. winter, right?
0: But this is, I mean, the Colorado School of Mines is a, a very reputable place, if not yeah. one of the most reputable places, but that was their ideological view.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was, and this is more the economics department. You know, you got it from some of the engineers as well. Right. Um, and obviously there's, you know, there's a whole spectrum, right? Um, but, but at least what I, my takeaway was I didn't understand gold leaving, leaving university. I understood oil, understood copper, I understood water, you know, I understood a lot of resources. Um, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have an understanding of gold. And then, and then I, you know, uh, working in corporate development and, you know, uh, building mines, buying assets, uh, things I did on the corporate side uh, in, in the Canadian resource sector, um, I hated the gold multiple. I, I hated gold companies that right. never actually produced cash flow, right? So, so I actually came into this. Well, there are, liking... are there gold
0: miners that actually lie to people, gold mining companies? <laughs> I haven't heard of that in Canada? Yeah, yeah. In Vancouver? Were not you in Vancouver? Like, yeah, yeah. is yeah, where should... everybody I... tells the truth? I know, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I like to say that, um, you know, the old Mark Twain adage, you know, a gold miner is a liar standing next to a hole in the ground. Well, with today's technology, they don't even need a hole, they just need a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's... That's uh, great. But um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I came back. I, I came up sort of hating gold. Um, but where I started to figure it out um, was actually more and more understanding uh, systems of energy in the economy. So so let me give you an example. When when I would do an M and A model, you know, comparing an asset in Zambia to an asset in Chile, and you know, doing a, doing an MPV swap, merger, whatever. Um, you know, you could go line over line by first principles. What's the risk in the geology? What's the energy it costs to put into the ore to mine the rock? Then you can make an oil price assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of these first principles got you to a cash flow level, but there was one thing that was the most uncertain part of the entire model: what's the value of a Zambian kwacha? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your labor cost? Um, you know, same thing with with Chile or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Canadian dollar modeling the oil sands. You know. So, so the most uncertain and most, you know, the one thing in those resource models that you couldn't value on objective metrics is what is the currency going to be worth in three years? Hmm. Um, and so, for me, I felt, you know, I actually developed this system of, I'm going to throw out the currency. I'm going to think about it in energy terms. I'm going to think about, um, you know, what is the cost of energy and labor? What is what is the inflation of their cost of living and energy? Because grains. You know, uh, food, bulks, water, all of this is, is very energy-based. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I kind of started developing a, a model of the economy uh, that was just based on energy. Um, and it really took me another five years of doing that, trying to, like, convert things to BTU and all of that. At some point, I realized that gold is nothing but a measurement of energy, um, and, and at that point, it all sort of started clicking for me. Were you at um, Goldman
0: at this point, or not? Yeah, it
1: was. It was as I was leaving Goldman. Uh, is so. So my first first part of being a metal analyst there. Um, I again, I was focused on copper and zinc and other things. Mm-hmm. You know, we ran the gold model on real interest rates like everybody else. Um, but you know, I, I didn't sort of have the full picture until after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was really after meeting my my uh, you know co-founder and CEO Roy Sabog. Um, who really brought brought the rest of the puzzle? He was he was a finance value investor guy that that found gold as a value investor currency. Oh, really? <laughs> um, and so so his understanding of gold as a currency kind of you know combined with my understanding of natural systems and energy, and we kind of put together this. So framework. so
0: Roy right. was actually the buy sider In this in this situation, buy exactly. being an investor who was yeah. investing in either gold or gold related assets. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And
1: mines too. He'd be... yeah, he he owns yeah he owns I think four. Resource deposits, personally, and really? you, you bought and sold mines. And but his
0: his great. basic, and this yeah. is kind of an interesting. When we were at Macrocosm, which you yeah. did a great job presenting mm-hmm. at that, you had a ton of feedback because people are like, "Who's this guy? Where did you <laughs> find this guy, Josh Crumb?" And I'm like, yeah. "Well, he kind of sounds Canadian, but he's not Canadian. He's from Colorado, and he likes hockey." He's but but you're you're perfect there. And yep. and, and, and one major value investor, David Einhorn, said the same thing. He believes that gold is a currency, mm-hmm. uh, or a store of value, and or both. I mean. Can exactly. you uh, you know once you got to that point, which yeah. I believe a lot of people and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe a lot of people believe it that it's a currency or right. b a store of value. Right. You, what what at what point was that in your in your
1: life? Yeah. So I, I think it was really actually the, the the actual point that I really figured out the store of value function. The energy. Uh, energy. The energy function is you go th- so, so what's the fundamental of commodity volatility? The, the fundamental of commodity volatility is storage. Mm-hmm. So, what's the most volatile uh, commodity? Electricity. What's the least volatile commodity? Gold. And and if so, so putting to putting aside any views of money or theories or all of this, let's just look at the objective math. Looking backwards, um, gold has currency-like volatility. It doesn't have copper volatility. It doesn't have equity volatility. It doesn't. It's tails. Um, and 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 you know, we're going to put out a whole report on that. But. But for the most part, it, it's you know every day that it's moving. It's moving just like the euro's moving, or it's, yep. it, it's moving with with currency-like volatility mm-hmm. and, on the interday. Um, and so, and so, uh, what, but but back to that spectrum of commodities. So you have you know flow or opex commodities like electricity, you know, and then you've got natural gas, you got oil, and then you start getting into the more, uh, and then you have you know something like coal. And then you have the more capex commodities, uh, things that last longer and easier to store. You get into you know aluminum and copper, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually you get to gold. And so what the fundamental? Oh, sorry, grains is a flow commodity as well because the the cost of storage and, and decay. So so uh, what you know what why is so this is all fundamental stuff. This has nothing to do with economics. This is physics. This is yep. um, there's a cost of, of production and there's a cost of carry that's quite volatile because it's expensive. It's expensive to store electricity, it's expensive to store bulky, you know, low value grains because they rot. So, so I kind of boil everything in the economy down to two, uh, you know, two or three things. One is the energy cost of production and the energy cost of storage, which is your carry or your decay. Um, and so, so gold became natural money because it lasts forever. It, it has a very high relative to everything else because it's scarce. It's got the highest energy cost of all of these different things to produce. Mm-hmm. So its replacement, its replacement cost or its its um, you know its value basis um, is is an energy uh, about seventy percent energy pure energy flow to create create gold. Um, you know so so I brought some gold you know gold Go with you so <laughs> um, you know hold, hold it in your hand here. So so each one of these is ten grams. Um, so so you know each you've one got of to,
0: these little this is 10 grams of gold. yeah,
1: and, and and even a high-grade, you know one gram per ton uh, Deposit, you know, that's that's 10 tons of rocks uh, Moving so it's just very one just just yep. for this this one and so so what that what that means is that's extremely energy intensive But once you mine it it lasts forever. Mm-hmm. You can use it with almost no cost of energy You're not you know not maintaining it. You're not cooling it uh, to chip it around, it's not bulky in cost. So the carry of gold, it's, it's this very scalable technology where once you produce it, you can use it forever. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, producing a CD, and you know, once you have it digitally, you can distribute it everywhere, mm-hmm. or a Microsoft operating system. So it's an extremely scalable technology. Um, but, but what is it, you know, sorry. No, no, <laughs>
0: no, no, that's an interesting thing, because very few people will say that, that gold is a technology. Mm. But as an element, it, I mean, these are not rocks, Right. The, this is an element. It's an element. Exactly. And we will hear constantly from mainstream media or fake news, whatever you want to call it at this point, um, yeah. that these are rocks. Right. These are not rocks, Josh. No. <laughs> this, this that's in my hand, yeah. I don't know if you guys can see yeah. how much I have in my hand here, but this is heavy, mm. relatively heavy. I mean, how yeah, much exactly. How much money do I have worth of gold here? Uh, about $5,000. Yeah, 5000 bucks. There's no, you can't put, I don't know, I don't, maybe yeah. if I had that many diamonds, what, how much would I have in my hand?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on the quality. It's very yeah. subjective. But uh, but it's rocks. carbon. It's condensed carbon. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have the same scarcity. I
0: mean, how about yellow snow? If I had that. <laughs> I mean, the reality <laughs> is that there's a lot
1: of storytelling about exactly. this. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's a that's another key um, yeah. you know, part of the pun, but key right. element of your right. view is that it's an
1: actual element. Yeah. Exactly. It's it. And, and, technology. Yeah. And, and, and I think um, so. So if you think about that that carry function um, and, and why that makes it good money is because the, the marginal transaction cost to use it as money, to swap it. So, so people always um, use, you know, th- they use that analogy or, or that story. Uh, gold is worthless because if I'm locked in a room, if we were locked in this room right now, we have water, you know, we have some food. Uh, this gold is the most, the, the, the most worthless thing in here because we can't do anything with it, mm-hmm. right? We, we don't burn it. We don't eat it. Um, when was the last time you ate a $100 bill? <laughs> you, know, what time, what, when, you know, maybe you can burn it for fire, so it has some utility there. But, but, but you know, money is not supposed to have uh, consumption utility. It's supposed to have lasting utility. That's, all, that, that's its one function is it's supposed to last.
0: Well, when you talk in your terms, which yeah. I think is the most important thing for um, certainly our viewership or audience or a broader one, people are actually trying to learn, is store of value has to have certain attributes. Yep. Store of value. Like, you have to start with that. I mean, if something's a store of value, no, you don't have to eat it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: So, store of value, like, go on from there. How do you build the case now into gold money? And, you know, I don't don't think everyone knows functionally Mm. what, for those of you who don't know what gold money is, you know, they have actual gold money cards. Um, So, maybe... I don't know if that's a good spot to start, sure. but you know how you'd explain. Yeah, maybe
1: I'll finish. I mean, you know, sorry, I won't uh, talk about the company. Yet. I'll finish, finish the gold story here yeah, for yeah, a second. No, that's perfect. <laughs> Fine, <yeah. laughs> but because uh, uh, because realistically, that's the most important thing. You know, we we built a business. Because we, we really believe in the philosophy and, the, the, you know, the, the knowledge that we have about gold being a very useful uh, currency. Mm-hmm. And so, so we built a business to do that. But, but you know, I, I maybe just finish, you know, uh, on, on, on the importance of understanding it as a money stock rather than a commodity flow. Mm-hmm. So, so all commodities, uh, it doesn't matter, again, electricity to oil to, to grains – um, they all are anchored in their cost function, right, their marginal cost. But that's not their volatility. Their, their co- you know, other than the currency component, which is you know, moving wildly, <laughs> uh, again, the, the energy to put into the earth, that's not changing that much. No. Uh, you know, that geology is not changing at all, you know, at least on any meaningful time scale. We can measure so, and map it, too. Yeah, so, so this is all very objective math. That's what, you know, getting back to, I like the math of gold. It's, it's actually pretty simple. It's, it's got this sort of deep simplicity and that you know the, the cost function is 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 very energy based and it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Where the volatility comes from is the is the is the cycle. It's the demand for it. It's the uh, you know the the um, the inventories, the capacity, and of course when you get lower inventories and lower capacity, things get more volatile, right? Mm-hmm. You go into backwardation. You have you know you you get scarcity. You have people bidding for copper. Um, you know, and, and bid up the price. But every commodity function has this discount of storage and decay. You know, mm-hmm. how much it costs to store and how much the grain rots or the you know electricity can't be stored, all of that. So that that's the downside to your marginal cost. The upside is when it's scarce and people are, you know, are are bidding a premium. So that whole volatility has nothing to do with the cost where it's anchored. It's the it's the demand and the cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, gold is completely different because gold is a, is a money stock that just keeps accumulating and accumulating. So there's now $7 trillion, you know, roughly worth of gold money stock and inventory. So the latest flow numbers from, you know, India or China or the latest, you know, um, flow numbers of the ETF... Are actually fairly irrelevant, but that's all we're reported on. We're, we're told that you know people want to bean count gold like it's oil or copper
0: because they want to adhere to the old linear supply and demand yeah, model of a commodity.
1: Exactly, but 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 the but it, it you're 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 not just the availability isn't just this year's production. It's the last five thousand years production. <laughs> so 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 the actual inventory volatility is extremely low. So
0: that's the seven trillion that you're
1: talking about. Exactly. How do
0: you get to that seven trillion?
1: So that, that was a study. Um, the original gold money, um, so, so, so the company that, that Roy and I found it was called BitGold, and we acquired uh, James Turk's gold money. But James Turk did a, did a study, I think, uh, I want to say about 10 years ago, on, on what, the, what the money stock is, which is typically referenced in a lot of the academic studies. Yep. Um, and it, and it, it's roughly around uh, $7 trillion. So gold. gold
0: mined, gold in circulation, the total yeah. nut is $7 trillion. Yeah,
1: and so you're adding maybe 2% a year, you know, something like that so it's it's That's not way to think about it yeah, okay. it, exactly, which is you know coincidentally is also a population growth number it's it's an, it's an inflation target number There's a lot of reasons for this that that are based in you know based in the natural world
0: well if you I mean if you extend that to fractal math, I mean you call these similar sets, so mm-hmm. there's similar sets if you believe that it's part of the natural world, then there's yeah. a lot of similar sets or different things that are repeating, including population growth, sure. that uh, end up not dissimilar in the end.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's kind
0: of an interesting, um, that's very interesting, 2% population growth and 2% uh, I mean it was a
1: little more volatile the last few years because our currencies have been so volatile and yep. then you had all this new mine supply and you know th- you know th- th- there's volatility in that but I'm talking about you know a very long term Well well what trend. you're
0: saying is that actually there's the cost and then there's the volatility so you're right. separating them anyway exactly. you want to establish yeah. the base the anchor yeah, yeah. The, the
1: the value the the theory of value or,
0: And then the volatility yeah. component that is it, so talk about
1: that Yeah so the volatility component is 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 essentially a currency volatility component yes um and so so, but it's it's not quite so simple that gold is is absolutely constant, you know, um, because there's an energy component. So the, again, the value replacement is an energy basis. So if we have a fundamental shift, you know, a sort of a phase shift or a supply shift in, in energy, you know, like we did in shale, um, that will actually change the, the, the energy component of, of gold. Mm-hmm. But then the volatility is the currency component, which is um, how much am I getting paid to use currency versus, you know, no yield but constant in gold? Yep. Um, and so, so a lot of people say, you know, currency has value because of government decree, because you pay your taxes, because the military. That's not right. That, that's not what the math says. the government says. told you so, damn it. <laughs> no, that, <that's, laughs> people use currency when they're paid to use it. When, when there's a real interest rate, when they're paid to actually hold currency because there's growth in the economy. If you think of currency as things. a
0: store of value, if you yeah. put an interest rate on it, then I get paid to hold it. That's it.
1: it exactly. That, that's, and that's why it generally worked in the 80s and 90s. It hasn't worked for much the last decade and a half. Um, you know, because you're not essentially paid to use it in any real. But that's rate. But,
0: but that's why real interest rates matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when they go exactly. to zero,
0: that really matters.
1: Exactly. And so, so the so the volatility is coming from the currency. But the other really important thing to understand is we get so caught up that that we're the you know masters of the universe, centers of the universe. You know that the that the CFTC reports and the ETFs drive all of the the price volatility. And you know you you hear the old adage that. You know, it's, it's a big door in and a little door out. Once people want to leave gold, all the ETFs are going to flood the market because they're thinking of oil or copper or yep. some sort of commodity. But that, that's actually not true. So <clears throat> there's, a, there's about, a, you know, about, um, you know, one ton of gold a year is consumed in bars and coins. Um, and the ETF, you know, fluctuates not that big, you know, compared to that. But jewelry is two and a half times the bars and coins. Um, and so people are like, oh, well, that's de- decorative. No, it's not. Because 80% of that jewelry is India and China, and that might as well be a bar or coin. They're yeah. buying physical 24 karat gold bullion shaped as jewelry instead of a maple leaf or an eagle. But they're buying bullion. They're buying. They're holding money. That's mm-hmm. their banking system. And so, and so, you know, that's all a huge money stock flow um, that uh, that that needs to be factored into what's happening to the Remimbi the and, yeah. uh, and. Do you know what the percentage
0: dollar. of the um, seven trillion in stock is? in China and or India combined? Is you there a way to get that
1: number? Uh, th- there is, and I, I, these are some of the numbers I probably should have, have off the top of my head, but, but, it, but it's, 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 a, it's, it? it's a very, it is and it isn't because there's all that historical accumulation right. and turnover. Okay. Uh, I mean, again, this is 5,000 years of turnover. <laughs> uh, you, know, you, go to, you know, you go to even the slums of India, they have net worth in gold. You know, maybe it's yeah. $20 worth but they don't have a you know net liability sitting over them a hundred you know fifty thousand dollars per citizen or anything either, right? So, yeah. so, so they have a net worth. They're all accumulating this gold, and and that's actually been an extremely. Uh, we make the joke that you know the best carry trader on earth is is you know the Indian farmer's housewife, <laughs> and, and she is like she's. You know, when, every day she's measuring and weighing and she's borrowing against that gold and then she's taking it back. She, she's always long and shorting her currency versus her, her gold. It's, it's not like you just sit there and accumulate it for dowry. It's circulating, it's, it's money, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a deposit. Um, and so that's where actually most of the world's gold still is um, on a population basis, on a, on a stock basis. And of course, the central banks have a good chunk of it. Um, but, but the gold ETF is, is not what's driving the price. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's all, it's, 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 to me, when you say that, uh, that Indian housewife isn't dissimilar to me in terms yeah. of how I think about gold. Yeah. I have a store value of gold. I've had gold since 2003. Right. But the way that I trade it is in the currency.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So if I'm looking at and tell me if this is actually making any sense in terms of living, it's always interesting when I do, do something every day believing one thing. And you might be sitting there the other day saying, "I can't believe that that guy's believing that one thing, <laughs> but that's exactly how right. I think about it. I mean, I really don't have a view on the daily trading of gold unless I have a daily view on the US dollar pers- right. If I had to pick one to be the dollar, if I had to pick both, which I'm allowed to do, yeah. I'd pick rates and the dollar. Right. So yeah. is that dissimilar than the Indian housewife?:
1: No, not at all, not at all, um, because again, <laughs> it's, she's going to get she, you know, she's going to have a cost of borrowing the, the renminbi to, to short it right? yep. it's, it's the same thing. It, it really is. Mm. It's it's primitive, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's why I do it
0: better than <laughs> bad. I mean, it it's it's. It, it, you really boil it down, though, yeah. I mean, that's kind of wh- where do you see the pitfalls? You know, what are the most obvious pitfalls that you still think are kind of ways people think? You know, why you know prevailing perceived wisdoms, yeah. fake news on gold? What, what no,
1: exactly. That that is the that is the biggest problem. This is this is actually why I, I think particularly now people have to be long gold in an accumulation fashion. And you I'm accumulate not saying, when it comes down. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you should just always, you know, just like I mean, we've been trained to buy the dip for the last five years <laughs> uh, on anything. It didn't matter what. But not the gold. The buy it. Not gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not gold. Um, but but gold, you're in that cum- accumulation. We, we had such an extraordinary year in central banking last year. I think people no. don't recognize with the Trump election everything else. would um, I would I'd put it above things that happen in 10-11 in with, you know, QE and all of that. NERP, you know, banning cash in India um, and now fixing the yield curve. You know, you can't predict the weather 24 hours from now, but we're going to tell you what interest rates are going to be, you know, 30 years from now, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, we have extraordinary things. Oh, happening.
0: I'm a big buyer of that. Though. Yeah. I believe these Federal Reserve guys can, can completely measure and map the heavens. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're going to have a big argument. About I mean, these, yeah, guys, yeah, exactly. these guys are so smart.
1: You know, it's, uh, yeah, and, their models work so well. <laughs> but
0: negative interest rates, isn't it surprising, yeah. actually, that with all that happened, because yeah. I agree with you 100 um, percent, gold goes to 1900 in dollars in right. 2011, 2012, when Bernanke took the dollar right. to a 40-year low. That makes sense if you're following the currency, right. you know, dollars at its all-time low, gold's at its all-time, you know, high in dollars. But last year, you got everything on the rate side. Mm. And if it's a competing store of value and rates are negative… Yeah.
1: So, so this is the energy… Why component. didn't it go to 19? Exactly. This is the energy component. This is the most All important right. thing. Oh, right. I got it. Oil so, fell. Oil fell. Exactly. And, and if you map the price of gold peaking and falling, it has to do with… And not the spot price. The spot price of oil is, is determined by inventories and supply curve. and demand. The curve. So when did the oil curve peak and start falling? Two thousand twelve. When did gold start Man, falling? Two thousand twelve. Good. Good. So, so that your anchor was changing, not your cyclical. Yep. And, and the other way I would I would I would compare two thousand eleven, twelve to to, to now. So, so the anchor has come lower because we had you know an a- energy supply shift. Um, and the, the
0: anchor, by the way, has got a huge correlation to the dollar. Yeah. The R squared on a ten year basis between the dollar and energy uh, and, and and WTI is yep.
1: 0.85. Yeah, exactly. So, so currencies are a flow commodity. Bingo. So, so this is a stock currency. This is stock money. Currency is a flow commodity, because currency is constantly being manipulated and changed and chased by central bankers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like oil traders are chasing the latest inventory numbers, right. central bankers are, are chasing the latest numbers. Uh, whether it's terms of trade and 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 you know what is it. 60% of that trade is bulk commodities, which is energy. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, all, it's all very related here. Mm-hmm. Um, but currency is more flow commodity than gold. Gold so is a stock.
0: That okay, so I think people are really starting to learn here. It's, once, so once you go back, go back to this energy component, right. so you get the nirvana in NERP, but you yep. have a lower cost of energy. Your cost yep. component comes down. Yep. Is it possible that gold goes above and beyond their prior highs, 1900 unless yep. oil... But reappreciates, reflates.
1: Yeah, So, so the the it's the feedback loops that are important, right? So, uh, you had stronger, or sorry, lower oil price, which means stronger dollar, yep. better terms of trade. It also means better consumer spending. So it's a high, yep. higher real interest rate, um, and and more money in people's pocket, more mm-hmm. growth. So these are all positive feedback loops. Yeah,
0: that's when it, that's when gold got taken down by two hundred exactly because you basically had U.S. growth yeah. accelerator on a real basis. Dollar up, rates up, gold down. Yep. But we're talking very. And short. And the central term.
1: bankers took credit for that. <laughs> yeah. But but match oh, ma- they map your labor numbers with uh, with numbers in the oil patch. They're comple- They're completely inversely correlated. Hmm. The the labor growth we saw for the last two years was was lower energy. Hmm. That was the real real economy growth because there was real energy prosperity uh, on a rate of change basis. Hmm. So 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 that's where that. So they all want to run around patting themselves on the back. We printed this balance sheet. And so now you know we created growth. No, the shale oil, which if, by the way, most of those people had their way. You know, shale oil wouldn't be allowed. So, so they didn't. They were not the, the reason for this growth. Uh, it was financial easing through the form of oil. Um, and so, so that that's where Big a lot of lot, that was a lot of the growth came from. Yeah. And that's why gold was selling off. Mm-hmm. But now these compound the other way. Mm-hmm. So now we've got back to our basis. Uh, we, we actually are on a down cycle of energy. Yep. Wait till we wear off this capacity. Then it's going to be compounded at, a, at, a, at an even higher rate. So that this is where gold really starts gapping up again. So this is the the 2003 to 2007 phase.
0: Because your cost basis is effectively crashed. Yes. It, at 30, call oil, it's crashed whatever level 30. Yeah. Now we're back 50 and change. Yeah. So we're we're finding that rate of change bottoming process in your cost basis.
1: Right. Okay. And but but and it's a floor. It's it's not you know this. We've now set a manufacturing. Yeah, because you're floor. using
0: the long-term. Direct, we're not right. like. And for those of you who don't know, I'll just tell you right now. I mean, if I'm trying to give you a gold signal that's literally a $100 range in dollars on the gold price, that's so immediate term relative to what he's talking about. Yeah. What you're talking about is a 5,000-year time series. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. No, I mean, no I mean, for sure. So so if you go back to, you know, when people yeah. look back at the 80s and the 90s, I mean, the average price yeah. of WTI was sub-20. Yeah. So back then, you shouldn't have had an, an unbelievably high gold price. Right.
1: But, But... Measured in gold it was very consistent.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, so, so it doesn't, so, so that, and that's where people say money is so subjective. It's a construct of our mind. Oh, it's not. It's objective. The <laughs> it's math a construct I look at is of a, whose mind? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I mean you just, you know, this, this whole like money, money is this religion that it, you have to believe it has value and that someone else yeah. is going to buy it. No. So, so I, you know, and I had this debate with central bankers uh, on a panel uh, big ones, a, a few weeks ago. <laughs>
0: big fight. Yeah. And,
1: and, and, and it was amazing because they all have this subjective theory of money. Uh, just because their models are more and more wrong doesn't make the economy more and more subjective. <laughs> The, the or gold, <laughs> subject. Yeah, I mean, exactly. this is like <laughs> you know, I look at objective reality. I'm an engineer. I, I look at I look at math, and yep. I look at you know the objective function in markets, not the subjective and the manipulative function, and so because you know over time those reconcile, um, yeah. and so uh, so so if you what, what I was saying to them is the best proof of gold ever is the fact that it has been demonetized for the last forty years, and it still works. So it wasn't their decree, it wasn't the gold standard, it wasn't the Bank of England, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't, none of them actually made gold work. Gold worked with or without them. That's the most important fact we've had. Because if you take, so we did a report for Back to the Future for Marty McFly, um, where we said, you know, what are the price differences between 1985 and 30 years later in 2015 when he landed? And we started with the Big Mac Index. And uh, gram for gram, a Big Mac cost exactly the same as it did in 1985. We looked at housing. We looked at education. We looked at, uh, at, you know, his truck, you know, his really cool black Toyota truck. You know, we looked at, like, all of these things, a movie ticket, you know, pure service economy. All of them, gram for gram, gold held its value. Mm -hmm. Now, within a cycle, that's not true because of energy, because of flow of commodity, of currency. So within a cycle, we don't know. But through cycles... Gold holds its value, which mm-hmm. is the most important point.
0: People in, in the U.S., in particular, just if only because it's been beaten into them to the point that they ha- almost have to believe it. Yep. But they'll believe that for stocks. Right. Jeremy Siegel blasts that into their head, but stocks—you know—for the long run, <laughs> long run. You know, it's like you can yell it, you can scream yeah. it, he can—and it only, it only, people only believe it once after stocks have gone up. But why don't they believe that in gold when the, when yeah. the numbers are much more? Obvious. No,
1: I, exactly. The, again, there's this deep simplicity to it. It's, it's, this isn't rocket science, right? Like, the, this, this is, you know, it's why? how it's, can it's we element. as
0: a population, or certainly yeah. as a profession, forget yeah. the population. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't want to, like, go you know, and, and say that every human being should understand this implicitly. Right. But why do you think we as a profession are so bad at understanding
1: the objective factors? So, so the, the, because it benefits us. Uh, we, us being 1% finance Washington. guys, this is sucking money up to us, the system. So, so this is actually not good for us. Um, and, and, and so this is, this is where, you know, uh, you know if, if a portfolio manager, sort of middle America portfolio manager recommends gold, that's scaring somebody. That means they won't buy an equity at you yep. know, it, its 99th percentile valuation. Um, so that that is bad. They then don't get the commission. They don't get the ticket. The, 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 the incentive of the financial system is to get paid, um, and you don't get paid with gold. You just stay even, um, and your clients won't be paying a premium to you in the short run for something that's worth less in the long run. So, so, the, so for us, there is an incentive to not like gold. So what I, what I always say is when I'm pitching my business or talking to people, you know, the CEO gets it. The taxi driver gets it. All the guys in the middle don't get it, <laughs> uh, you know, of a financial institution. No way. Right? I mean, like, and
0: you worked at Goldman Sachs. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. Did, did did people understand that then?
1: Uh, a little bit. I mean, the some group, people I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, now I mean, a lot of you have led. Blankfein was a gold trader. You know, Cohen was an aluminum trader. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a lot of commodities within. Do within you, you think Cone? I mean, Cone's a pra- practical guy. I mean. He's not a um, road
0: scholar, but he's a practical guy. Yeah. He understands uh, a lot more than I think people give him credit for. Yeah. Do you think that he could infuse in his new role, you know, a pro gold, a, a progressive gold? I, I think with
1: the right information, yes. Um, I, I don't think they they have it to this level. I think they, you know, I, I think he's someone, and a lot of Trump's administration, by the way generally understands gold like an yep. Austrian economist would mm-hmm. um you know that, that it works they understand the math backward looking mm-hmm. um it's not just some you know barbaric relic or or some like what's a big know, shift fetish, I mean
0: when right? you look at like you know the the regime of Larry Summers Ben Bernanke you know all their outcroppings I mean the reality is that they don't get it
1: no no well they don't also don't get oil curves and they don't understand anything in the physical economy they think it's barbaric mm-hmm. they think you infl- know they think uh, consumer inflation and, and, and you know, s- sorry, consumer products and services drive the economy. Yeah, I met, I met with
0: a major, ma- I mean, I can't say his name, obviously, yeah. but you'd have to, like Trump would say, believe me, yeah. I was in New York, major <laughs> uh, CIO. He said that he had to explain to Ben Bernanke what implied volatility premiums versus discounts were. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's, it's. Um, well, this again, is guy we, we won't was... name names, but remember the person <laughs> we were with, you know, Former Treasury Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you know, talking about oil didn't get it at all. But
0: right? it's no yeah. wonder then if you have the Josh Crum model, which is cost and volatility, right. that they don't get it because they don't get volatility. Right. And they look at cost or right. they look at the perception of cost yeah. on a supply demand basis. Yeah.
1: So No, they think volatility is animal spirits. Oh, they don't of think it's actually that we don't know what the weather is tomorrow. That's this, volatility. This is
0: coming from a guy, <laughs> not to rip on him, but I will for a second. Ben Bernanke wrote the new normal for volatility, right? You know, at ten VIX, right? Which you know, you've never yeah. sustained a, a closing low on front month VIX of ten <laughs> over any economic cycle, and and you know, right. obviously people know this, but. If you don't understand volatility, how the yeah. hell are you going to understand volatility? Yeah, and
1: that's after they removed duration and volatility from the market by <laughs> yeah. being the buyer of first resort. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if they were the buyer of last resort function, <laughs> which was already bad enough in Moral Hazard, they've now shifted the buyer of first resort function where they're actually trying to set the price. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course it looks nominally that yeah. there's no volatility. No, exactly. The real volatility can never be removed because we don't know the weather tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That, that's – uncertainty is uncertainty, and you can't – you should wake up every morning – Saying I have no idea what's going on and try to figure it out. I love that. You, you know, not not the other way around.
0: I mean, it's the core of complexity theory. It's nonlinearity rules today. Embrace uncertainty. Exactly. Uh, so enough about them. Well, let's end with us because that's what really matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to guys like us, you and I are. And for those of you who don't follow Josh on Twitter, you have to absolutely follow him. Uh, how do we get people used to the short term? Like I, 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 I think pretty well known. We have a you know, right. real time alerts, trade yeah. gold you know, on, a, on a signaling basis, very right. short term yeah. versus the store value view that you have like right. what would you, your advice be to people that follow me uh, that are now following
1: you yeah I, I think the it 's always a function of duration and, and capital right yep. so, so people that are managing other people 's money that have a quarterly or daily performance you know, what you're really doing is trading currency. You're not trading gold, you're, exactly. you're trading currency. And you know, your, your quad one, you know, that, that works and you've been right, you know, well, not the last week or two, but you, you know what I mean? Yep. But, you know, uh, when we, from your macro mm-hmm. conference, you know, if people listen to me to be just long and you short, you know, they would have worked with mm-hmm. you. And so, in the
0: last two weeks from the low, you know, if you yeah. listen to you long, I mean, the different durations it's few. Yeah, and exactly. by the way, it's important for people to know, I mean, my gold money card, which again, I can, you get these? I, you store value here. Right. You can aggregate gold there. I mean, yeah. that's one. Is exactly. isn't that? So, I mean, so you, that's your company is kind of the answer. I'm not exactly. And we're not and trying to market your company, but it actually is. <laughs> no, the and answer. again,
1: I think I think you know if, if you have a sound basis and philosophy and all of that, you know, the company will kind of take care of itself. So so I'm I'm always just trying to make sure that that the, these these views of gold are right, and, and what we try to do. Okay is we try to make gold work as practical money. So we know the store of value function, but why can't it be a medium of exchange? Why can't it be, you know, particularly now that you have to, you know, pay to use bank accounts in a lot of places in the world, um, you know, with a negative interest rate or effectively a negative interest rate because their fees and overdrafts and everything costs more than well, you go money to Europe, you're, man. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But, but not, I mean, not even just the, the indirect, but even the direct, you know, it's... it's so, so anyways, um, what we said is what Bitcoin taught us is people are open to using other monies. And that's and no yep. surprise that Bitcoin rose the same time you know, real interest rates were falling, just like gold. So, so it becomes an alternative money system that's better than paying to use you know, currency. Yep. Um, and so, so what we saw was all of the things Bitcoin was trying to do was just trying to mimic the properties of gold, uh, where it has a it has a high cost of, of production uh, through cryptography, but then it lasts forever and can be used forever. So that, that was, the, I mean, it really has the same economic foundations as gold. Um, and so, but we thought... Okay, well, that's really interesting, and there's a lot of cool things. But why don't we just use gold? <laughs> so, yeah. so we
0: well, gold's a two-way market. Gold's a transparent yeah. market. Gold, there's yeah, that's a seven gold.
1: trillion dollar stock versus the like, highly volatile. You know, well, what's the market cap of Bitcoin now? Like ten billion or something, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's just a much larger scale. And, and I actually like Bitcoin for a lot of reasons, um, but it's always going to be volatile because it's a mm-hmm. service economy based. Yep. It's not. It's not... Uh, well, we're still so, going to have
0: a hard enough time convincing people yeah. that these aren't rocks. Let's, yeah. and, and Bitcoin can have its day, but the reality yeah. is that this is, a, I think, a... a but again, a
1: lot of the world will understand this yep. you know, on, a, on a population basis. And if I'm looking at the next wave of, of wealth and clients I want, it's mm-hmm. it's the millennials in Indonesia, yep. right? Like it's like, and, and so we're catering to a population base, as any internet business should, not mm-hmm. just a high net worth you know uh, segment. So So what we did is basically built a business that, um, so so it's free to open account, free storage up to one kilogram. So we take away the carry basis of, you know, gold's got to be stored and insured. Um, And so, so we make it very easy, very cheap. Our spreads are half a percent over spot price. So it's the cheapest way to, to own gold, cheapest way to store gold, and you can transact with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a free MasterCard, so you can actually spend, you know, I can take my Canadian credit card down here and spend it at Starbucks, and no one cares that it's Canadian dollars, mm-hmm. right? So now we have a card where no one cares that it's gold, um, but you can use gold as your savings account. Yep. But, but this gets back to the you That's know, the what this is,
0: by the way. This is a MasterCard, and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, by the way, but yeah. it's a MasterCard. And, and you're, you're accumulating
1: gold. Exactly. So, so we built this, this system that made it very efficient. So all of the gold is physical. All of it's numbered bars. It's in brinks. And what we looked at is we looked at a technology business like, like Uber, Airbnb, just, you know, name drop, whatever, you know, <laughs> where the capacity already exists. There's already brinks. There's already, you know, miners delivering bars. There's already all of that chain of integrity of where the gold comes from. How do you digitize all that capacity and make it very cheap and easy for the retail guy to, to, accept, to mm-hmm. access? So that's what we built is really a software layer on all of that infrastructure that already exists. Mm-hmm. So when you buy gold from us, we may have bought it seconds before from a gold you know, dealer with a numbered bar in Brinks. Yep. So, so we are just providing all that infrastructure. So you know you have physical gold um, underlying your entire account, mm-hmm. and so so that then now allows gold to function like a liquid currency, just like the Canadian dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so so yeah, so it's, it's it's just a gold currency account, but it's fully insured, fully reserved, and uh, there's no leverage in the system. I mean,
0: it really eliminates all the middlemen too. I yeah. mean, including my wife. I mean, so if I <laughs> wanted to. You know the way I think with the trading side of the gold. Let's say the golds goes goes down to a, by 150 dollars, hits my oversold signal. First thing I'll do is call my wife and say, "Hey, go buy this many gold coins." Or now I can put when I covered the short side of gold, I put gold physical gold on the card. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a that's a one way that yeah. I've thought about doing it because. My wife gets annoyed when I call her in the middle of the day telling her to go buy gold coins. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... You're going to like our next product Because you want right. to get the... Or, or go online yeah, now, yeah. which is much more efficient, uh, admittedly. Yeah. But once you get into a routine, you know, you yeah. do and you see that price, physical price that you want to mm. accumulate gold, it is a pain in the ass to go get it. Right. And somebody's going to rip you off with a brokerage fee.
1: Exactly. You know, so... so and that's, so that's where, why Roy and I started this business, actually, <clears> is, is for all, you know, even if you do understand gold... It's not that easy, like, like you said. So in 2006, 2007, um, I owned a water business in Colorado. The first time I ever made money, I bought water, not gold. You know, that, that's how you think in Colorado. <laughs> um, but uh, my, my one risk was political risk and what I thought was going to be a major financial crisis coming. Uh, I sold all my working capital in my water, and I bought gold. But even in Colorado, there should be—if there's one place on Earth, it should be really easy to buy gold. It's Colorado. It wasn't easy. You no. know, it's—it's it's not easy uh, unless you're in a financial center. It's—it's um, it's not easy to access gold. Um, and so, so we—we we just wanted to make it very easy. So, so you can—you know, again, you can be a millennial in, in you know—in in the Philippines and be buying a dollar a day uh, and just accumulating it yeah. in our system and and that's that's the way we and that's actually my favorite use case i don't think people should time gold because we don't know the uncertainty if If you understand it as a money stock, you should just be accumulating it with income
0: and it's fractional i mean that's yeah. the that's the it, yeah. this could be all that other stuff you you yeah. may you, you have solved yeah. um, but just the idea that I could
1: buy. 10 bucks a month worth of gold. Yeah, and then spend it if you need to, yeah. like instantly. It's awesome, I yeah. think it's that's, so cool. Man. So that, that's all we did. You know, Roy and I just, you know, we said, why isn't anyone doing this? Like, How do you do it? And we took a couple of years, you know, learned a lot from the technology industry <clears throat> and cryptography and learned a lot from Bitcoin. And, you know, so so we, we did a lot of things to make this whole software system work. Um, and, and yeah, now, now it's there. So, and not just
0: the software system, but yeah. the, <clears throat> the back end reconciliation of the mm. trades. Yeah. Brinks, you know, people moving. Exactly. Gold shelf to shelf. That's really what's happening, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they're, they
1: become both our custodian and our clearing agent. So they're both like, you know, DTCC and, and also, you know, Bank of America or, 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 um, uh, you know, uh, BY Mellon or whatever. Right. Yep. So, so, so they, they both are the custodian, but they're also the one that confirms. So when you buy gold from us, uh, we have to know that it's physically there. And so Brinks then pings us in, you know, in our server and tells us you know, this bar is now tied to the account so we can say settled. Um, and so all of this is obviously trying to happen as fast as possible but it gives you the assurance, the way we built the architecture, the third party's clearing it. And, and again, that's the, th- the kind of things that Bitcoin taught us is this whole decentralization where, uh, where people may not trust us. We need these systems to, mm-hmm. to make sure there's third parties reconciling
0: everything. And these systems, I mean, only a Goldman, I mean, thank God you went to Goldman, you know, uh, you know the, the fully loaded, like, you know, we're doing God's work thing. I don't think that you signed <laughs> off on that. But thank God you went there because you thought of how to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you were at Goldman right now and you yeah. and you, sh- you pitch them your business, this yeah. idea, they couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at some yeah. point that's going to become reality. It's one yeah. thing for the banks not to buy off on an illiquid, opaque, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Bitcoin. I'd much yeah. prefer gold. Yeah. Um, it's nothing against Bitcoin people, by the right. way. It's just what it is. I like one more than the other. Yeah. Um, but there's a pretty good chance that there's one day that your old friends at Goldman and your new friends at Citigroup and everywhere mm-hmm. else, they're yeah. going to need it.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's just a very logical banking system. Um, and and so, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's another rail. And the other thing that we can do, you know, we, we have a client in Singapore uh, whose son goes to school in Canada. And he buys his morning Singapore. He buys gold. He sends the value of his gold to his son. His son redeems it to his RBC bank account same day. You can't do that in the banking system because no. gold is the bridge. And he has right? the It's this magic teleporter between two countries, which is what gold has always been. It's the cross-sovereign money uh, because it's a bearer instrument, whereas currency is a debt instrument and is a contract that's based within sovereign. So the correspondent banking system is extremely inefficient because you have to have a bank that actually has regulated entities on both sides. And some are deeper liquidity than others. And people think that that currency works like the stock market. It doesn't. It's this massive mess of of all these different clearing central banks, correspondent banks. But with gold, because you own the asset, there's no liability. Once you own it, you can send the title anywhere in the world and then sell it and redeem it anywhere in the world because it's liquid in every every country in the world. So so and, and Bitcoin is promises all of that, but gold has already done it for five thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just wanted to make the system to do that. So yeah, there's a lot of pieces that are still in the works. Like round one, we really wanted to get it to the little guy. Like we really wanted to democratize access to gold, just like you know the internet business mm-hmm. sort of ethos. So that that was round one. Um, you know round two and round three. You know our Project X. You know we've got some really big things. The Again, the correspondent banking system, how we use this uh, for cross-border trade. I mean our clients already do it. So, you know, that retail client already has a better cross-border clearing system than, you know, the central banks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Which is
0: great. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's yeah. why like why one, waste so that's one percent, by like, the way. Why one waste day, your 1%.
0: time on the Chinese government shutting down Bitcoin in some way, shape, or another? Mm-hmm. Like that's why I actually mm-hmm. it's not that I don't like Bitcoin or technology or, or alternative currencies. It's that I like this idea better. Mm. And I think that that's important is that when you want to get a really big idea, you can't just like everything. I mean, this is a – so congrats, man. I mean, putting your – you guys put your backbone into this? Yeah. It has not been easy? No, You still no. have plenty of people that <laughs> I don't. haven't slept in
1: three years. <laughs> <I> haven't, <laughs> haven't taken a paycheck in five years. Well, you're you're know, not, I, don't, you're I don't even take a paycheck You're from not company, great. Right? <laughs> you're
0: not like you're still in good shape? <laughs> yeah. It's no, great. it's,
1: um, yeah. And, and anyone that's seen my interviews, I wear the same clothes. You know, I, I live <laughs> out of one suitcase. So uh, Gold guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, but, but you know, we, we see it as building infrastructure. Yeah. And, and back to the, you know, back, you know, to transition it back to where we're at in this cycle, um, you know, last year was the most extraordinary year in central banking, and I think the the so so the analogy I, I like to use is is kind of like think think about uh, even if we went down the fear trade path, like two thousand and eleven, people were buying gold because of the fear of what the balance sheet might do and yep. all of these problems. So it was kind of like I should probably change tires before the last lapse of the race. Like we're past that stage. Now, like, the car's already crashed, and we want to pull the driver out, right? Like, so it's not about expectations anymore. Gold is already more logical than currencies with negative interest rate. Like, there's no, there's no model where it's more valuable to own a euro than, than a dollar, or, 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 sorry, a euro than, than gold. Mm-hmm. Just like it's no more, you know, owning euro versus a dollar when one's negative and one's got rising rates, you know, there's, there's no logic. So, so gold is just even. So being even is the best thing you have versus currencies that are getting deleted systematically. Yeah. Um and so, so, so you know, to me, I think you know. Although I understand your quad one, I understand you're, you're dollar trading. You're not gold trading. You're, mm-hmm. you're dollar trading. Um, but but for me, I think the other key thing is the liquidity out of the gold market is not what it was in 2011, mm-hmm. when central banks were making orders. Uh, you know, big orders for, for gold in 2011, you know, Russia, China, yep. India, or sorry, not India, Russia and China, um, and then physical flows into India, um, you know, hedge funds and Goldman and the banks, there are always, there was a lot of liquidity scrambling to guess the depth of those orders and pulling in scrap and buying all of this. But we've destocked a lot of that yep. Western financial system, just like the bond market. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very analogous to the bond market. Where you mean the lack of liquidity? The lack of liquidity. Yep. And there's no one holding big inventories anywhere. So when people start losing more and more confidence in these currencies, it's going to continue to gap up, just like it did in Q1 of last year. Yep. You know, the, the day of NERP, you know, gold shot up, what, 150 bucks? Mm-hmm. You know, Brexit, same thing. Um, and that's not, you know, that wasn't just ETF fear. That's just there's no liquidity in the yep. system. And so, and I think even this, this, this move this past week, if you ask a lot of the gold traders, there's not a, there's not a lot of length, there's not a lot of liquidity. So mm-hmm. it's gapping. And I think that'll continue to happen. Well, so. there was a
0: massive net, never mind net length, I mean, there's yeah. a massive net shortfish If you look at non commercial yeah. CFTC futures and options contracts, three yeah. weeks ago, it was, you know, two standard deviations over what it's been in the last year to the net yeah. short side. So, yeah. uh, people are quick to make negative bets yeah. on it too. Yeah.
1: And, and the one other, the, the, you know, the one other thing for this year that I don't think is fully on people's radar, Trump versus Yellen. Mm. That that is a very under understood trade right now. And, you know, if you follow, you know, a lot of, you know, Trump's administration even on Twitter, they're they're already bashing the Fed. Um, I think you know in in probably March uh, your, your models are probably better than mine but probably in March the the PCE is going to go over two percent Yep, we have that um, and so and, and obviously you know uh, you know headline has already been above two forever <laughs> you know it's not like there's no inflation no you're we have and we might be able to show yeah. a
0: slide here we just uh, our Q1 macro themes mm-hmm. deck theme number two is called reflations peak so you're yeah. gonna get like a very spiky set of inflation data, the right. b- best inflation data we've seen in five years mm. uh, in the first quarter. And,
1: and so the Fed, but, but this is the really interesting political dynamic that's, that's playing out. And I'm sure Davos, they'll all have their backroom you know conversations <laughs> and figure out how to, to confront this. But the fact is, the policies of Trump needs a weak dollar. Um, but the Fed wants to pass, uh, pass all of the damage of, of QE and all these things that are going to be hard to unwind under Trump's doorstep. Uh, I mean, you're already seeing the positioning. You're already oh, yeah. seeing the, the, you know, his deregulation is going to cause the next financial crisis. No, the trillions of dollars of p- money you printed is going to cause the next financial crisis. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've already, like, you know, you know, sprayed the fields with, you know, with, with, with oil or whatever. You know, I mean, this, so, so that, I mean, the, the, it's, I think that dynamic is going to get very interesting. Yeah. And, and again, you know, just like last year was an incredible year for central banking, I think this year it's going to be more and more logical to own gold uh-huh. um, and so that's it's something you should accumulate and not trade is is you know uh, you know obviously i'm i 'll speak my book for a second but Set up an account, $100 a week or $100 a month or $1,000, whatever it is. Just accumulate gold. Yep. Uh, and, and, and then you know, if you need it, you can borrow against it. There's a lot of things we, we do on our platform. Um, but you know, I think you're, we're in the accumulation stage, that you just need to own it and, uh, and not trade it, in, in my view.
0: I'm in the big accumulation of knowledge stage today. So thank <laughs> you. Uh, and, and, and sincerely, because uh, everyone who watched this, just accumulated a ton of, never mind you know, conviction in, in seeing gold as a store of value and as a currency, but has accumulated a ton of knowledge. So thank you, well, thank uh, you. on behalf of everybody who I'm sure would, is nodding right now. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Keith. Cheers. I'm Cheers. Keith McCullough. He's Josh Crum. You can find both of us at Twitter with those handles. Thanks. Right.
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of Hedgeye's Real Conversations. If you enjoyed this interview, we encourage you to subscribe to Hedgeye Podcasts For automatic downloads of future interviews with top market and economic thought leaders. You can also visit hedgeye.com for additional content. There, you can learn more about our financial research firm's comprehensive market research products and complementary videos and analysis. The proceeding has been presented for informational purposes only, and none of the information contained herein constitutes a solicitation, offer, opinion, or recommendation by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guest speakers to buy or sell any security or to provide legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice regarding the profitability or suitability of any security or investment. Opinions and analysis are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investments entail a certain degree of risk, and financial instrument prices can and may go up or down based on any number of factors. Consult your financial professional before investing.